Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Going on the Show with Tools, where we cover uh, live music in and around Charlotte, and uh, kind of the new world that we're in now, and we talk a lot about online music instead. But uh, we're getting a little bit closer to uh, actual live music, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, this is episode 14, uh, recorded on May 31st, uh, 2020, uh, which has been another bizarre month for all of us. And... Uh, this, this week's been particularly tough with everything uh, going on in the Twin Cities with George Lloyd and and uh, all the uprisings and uh, pri- uh, riots and protests and everything. Uh, been a tough few days to uh, watch the news. But anyways, um, we'll transition from that into a better topic to uh, music. So I continue on in uh, quarantine, uh, still working from home. Uh, Charlotte's opening up bit by bit. Uh, more things are getting to be open. Uh, restaurants are up to 50% capacity. Uh, I'm still social distancing myself, still a little nervous. I want to see how things go with that. I know um, before the news got dominated with all the all the uh, riots and protests going on, um, that um, hospitalizations were going up pretty good in Charlotte uh, since we've reopened. So that's a little bit of a concern to me, but, uh, slowly but surely I'll get there. I've just been sticking to, uh, my takeout and, and, uh, going for runs, all the stuff that I've been doing, um, since the start of it. But that also includes watching a ton of music online. Uh, so let's, uh, see what I came up with, uh, during May. Um, I was really excited. Uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, my morning jacket, who I've been a fan of for years. Um, they released, a show online, which was great. If you've ever got a chance to see them, they just put on a show and a half. Um, I first got to see them with uh, my nephews, John and Joe, uh, way back. I don't know what year it was, but I was living in Boston and uh, they opened for Foo Fighters at um, what used to be Harbor Lights, which I don't know what corporate name it has now, but down on the harbor in Boston. And uh, it was just an amazing, amazing show. And I think I may have had their tape at the time or their CD. I'm not sure which. But um, I, I'd heard some of them, but I'd never seen them. And they just came out and blew me away, all these long-haired guys from Kentucky. And it seemed like they had three, four guitars on stage, all these long-haired guys from Kentucky. And they just did the Spinal Tap, turned it up to 12, and were amazing. And uh, I've been a fan since, and I've got to see them in a lot of different venues, a lot of different places, and um, always love going to see them. And um, I was really psyched that they kind of hopped on the online music deal and uh, released an uh, archive show, which of course I watched and it was amazing. Jim James, the lead singer, he's done some um, acoustic stuff online as well uh, during all this, but it was great to see My Morning Jacket uh, hop on. And um, Galactic, uh, out of New Orleans, incredible funk band, they've gotten more active releasing stuff online. They, um, in the past year, I want to say, they bought the famous uh, New Orleans club Tipitina's, uh, which I've been fortunate enough to see shows at when I've gone down for Jazz Fest. Um, it was uh, the owners, you know, had, had uh, run into fi- financial trouble and need to sell it. And there was a big concern that Live Nation was going to buy it. And uh, the guys from Galactic stepped in and got it. And, and part of uh, releasing all these shows they've been doing, they released some, some Jazz Fest shows, some New Year's Eve shows. Um, it's, it's been really fun watching them because all their shows are a little bit different and they have a little bit of uh, different guests. They have a different guest singer. They'll have people sit in on the horns and stuff. Um, 
but they've been doing it to raise money. It seems like they've run into uh, some financial trouble with, um, you know, the inability to tour and bring money in. So um, it's it's been great to see all the galactic stuff on there. I'm just crazy for uh, New Orleans music. And then uh, another band that hopped on on uh, the past month has been Radiohead. They've been releasing shows each Friday. Um, typically, they've been doing festival shows they've released, but they've been doing different time periods. And uh, you know, all the Radiohead albums are, are different, and they're and you know things change. So it's been great to see to see that. Um, I only got to see them once um, at uh, what I still call Greatwood, south of Boston, at uh, the amphithe- amphitheater there, and they just blew me away. They were just so amazing live. Uh, really, really great band. So they've got stuff out there now. And then, um, you know, the monthly streams are still going on. The next one I wanted to mention was uh, the Grateful Dead Shakedown stream. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Bob Weir was a guest. As I mentioned before, they do a half hour pregame show um, to relate it to sports before the concert starts. And they have two archivists on. And um, the couple of weeks ago, they had Bob Weir on. And that was cool. They interviewed Bob and, and talked to him for a half hour. And, or no, they actually did 45 minutes the night they had Bob on because it was kind of special. Um, but that's been fun. And, and they've actually been showing a bunch of stuff from like 88, 89, 90, which I thought were really good years for the dead. Uh, not that I'm anywhere near the expert. A lot of other people are, but um, those are some of my favorite years of the dead. And um, they actually did a neat thing, not this past um, Friday night, but the Friday night before they did a show from 72, which is considered to be their best year by most people. And the famous Europe 72 album came out of that, but it was an appearance they did on a German, tele- uh, German television show. And, and they did, um, I think they did an hour 15, hour and a half or so on this show. And I'm like, well, how good is that going to be? It was them in a TV studio, but it was great. They were on fire. Um, band looked healthy and, and into it and and uh it was a lot of hits you know a lot of big songs they did um but it, it was a really cool show and i really enjoyed seeing it and it was cool that night they had their um tour manager and road manager from 72 on as a guest and and uh they got to have him on with bill walton because that guy they just wound him up and he talked pretty much for the half hour and the two archivists got a, only got a few words in in between. So I would love to see him and, and Walton on the same segment before, uh, before one of those uh, Friday night shakedown streams. Um, and then I, I was all excited for one. This is going to be a rare um, poor review for me, but they um, really promoted online this battle that was going to be between Erica Badu, who's been doing a ton of stuff online uh, during all this quarantine time and COVID time with uh, Jill Scott. And I love both those artists and singers. And uh, <clears throat> I was all excited about it. And it, it was, and it was funny because a few of my friends posted online that they loved it. I did not love it. It was Erica Badu. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of singing. It was like Erica Badu was DJing and they kind of joked back and forth and stuff like that. They sang a little bit, um, but not a whole lot. And uh, it was probably you know, me coming into it, what I thought it was going to be. And it, and it wasn't. So um, that was a little disappointing because I love both those artists. But like I said, friends of mine post online that they were loving it, you know, when it was on. So um, so if you want to check that out, I'm sure it's, it's still available online. And then um, Sierra Hull, who's uh, real big in the bluegrass scene, um, excellent uh, mandolin player. She's been doing uh, quite a bit the last month or so and uh, doing stuff live and also releasing archive stuff. But her live stuff's been great. 
and uh, she's an excellent singer. Her mandolin playing is amazing. So if you're into bluegrass and you haven't had a chance to check her out, definitely do that. Um, infamous String Dusters, uh, they've been super active. Um, the guys have been doing taking turns each night uh, doing solo shows, but they um, attempted to do the whole band together in different locations. And uh, it worked. It didn't work uh, all at the same time. You know, all these bands are, you know, they're, this is all new to them and they're feeling it out. But um, that that was cool to see all the guys together. And they seemed kind of psyched to all see each other and, and uh, you know, on Zoom or however they did it and, and talk back and forth and um, joke and, and tease each other a little bit. Um, and then uh, Dave Matthews hopped in on the archive releases. He's doing weekly shows on Wednesdays. And uh, I'm a big Dave fan, so I've been enjoying that. And um, he's done mostly 2018 and 2019 shows. But he did release an older show. I think it was 2008 or so, um, a little bit ago. And I, and it was funny watching that because I was like, wow, I really like that version of the band better. Because uh, Leroy, the saxophonist, was still alive. Uh, Boyd was still in the band. And, and Tim Reynolds hadn't joined yet. Yeah, there was a little bit of a shot at Tim Reynolds. <laughs> and then what his guitar adds, Dave Matthews. But uh, those have been really fun to watch. And uh been enjoying those archive releases each week and kind of another weeknight that um, has popped up with um, live music for me. And then um, Black Keys hopped in the mix. They released a 2008 show uh, and that was fantastic because I've only got to see Black Keys once. They were one of those bands I just always miss when they came around and um, you know before they kind of blew up. And But uh, my friend Julie Banks got, got me tickets to see them at Boston uh, Garden, which you know, isn't really the way I wanted to see them because I'd missed so many club shows or festival shows with them. But um, they rocked the garden. They were fantastic. They uh, added a couple pieces, you know, because it's just a duo. They added a couple pieces to fill out the arena sound. But they also did duo songs. But this 2008 show was just um, the two guys, and it, it was really hot, you know, rocking show. And then um, the estate of Prince uh, released a video of uh, the Purple Rain Tour from 1985 from the Carrier Dome in, in Syracuse. And and that was, I got to see that tour when I was in high school and it was just awesome to see and, and uh, see Prince at all the height of his powers. And I forgot how many costume changes there were in the show, actually. He, he was totally rivaled Beyonce or Whitney Houston or, or any of them with how many costume changes he did during the show. But uh, it was cool. Of course, probably 1985, it wasn't shot in high def, of course, but uh, it was still great to see. Um, Foo Fighters have also hopped in the last couple weeks and they're releasing, um, archive shows. So they're out there on YouTube, uh, that you can check out. And, uh, I saw one from London that was just, uh, rocked, but you know, pretty much if you've seen Foo Fighters, every show rocks, but, uh, it was really fun to see that. Um, and then, um, probably a show can't go by where I don't mention Jason Isbell and Amanda Shires, but, uh, Jason Isbell released his new album, Reunions, uh, during the last month. And uh, they did a, a show at a um, <clears throat> um, new venue in um, in Nashville, you know, an empty venue, you know, except for the staffers, you know, there to help with the production of the show. And they played the new album and it was fantastic. It was great. It was funny. There's a couple songs. They didn't start out the way they wanted to, so they restarted them. Uh, but it, it was great to hear the new album. Yeah. It's another great one in, in his, uh, catalog of music that he produces, but, um, 
if you've been listening to the show, you know that I'm a big Jason Ellsbo fan, so no, no big surprises there. But the interesting thing about it was it was produced by uh, Fans.com, which is uh, getting into this whole online concert and music deal. So they were showing fans, you know, at home that were into the show, either bopping along, listening, and stuff like that, which was funny because that show was on a Friday night. And then the next night on Saturday night, Tom Petty released uh, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Uh, whoever's managing that archive, you know, since uh, Tom Petty passed, they released a 2014 show from uh, Locken, the Locken Festival in Virginia. And that was also done by fans.com. And they would show people at home dancing and stuff, um, which is a little awkward, but fun to see at the same time. Um, yeah, but it's creativity during all this when we can't go to shows and and connect, you know, with bands and connect with audience and, and all that. So, so anything where people are trying to be creative and do new ways to present music is, um, is great. Uh, Rolling Stones also hopped in. They're doing weekly releases on uh, Sundays. Uh, I'm not a big fan of those because they're not releasing whole shows. Kind of what they're doing is releasing these 20 to 30 minute segments of shows. Um, it's fun to see because, uh, it's the Stones, you know, one of the early bands I really, really got into. Um, my buddy Mark Sargent, I was, uh, we got to be friends in junior high, and he got me into kind of all the British invasion bands. And um, I was really Stones nutty for a while. And uh, I never went to see the Stones because I think their kind of creativity stopped in the 80s. And uh, I remember after college, a couple of friends were going to see them at Foxborough Stadium uh, before it was Gillette Stadium. And, uh, I was like, nah, it was a really expensive ticket at the time. It was probably 50 bucks, you know, which were, on concerts were 15 or 20 bucks. And I'm like, nah, they're old. They haven't done anything. I don't want to see them. And so consider that was close to 30 years ago, over 25 years ago, at least. And uh, I thought they were too old then and they're still doing it. And, and these shows that they've been releasing have kind of been from 2013 up. And I've had friends go see them and, and Mark Sargent, who I'm still friends with, he's seen them and he still goes to see them to this day and still says they're great. And I'm kind of like, yeah, they're in their seventies, <laughs> but they're actually watching the segments that I watch. They're still, they're still good. You know, I, it, it's definitely old guys up there and Mick still does his dancing and stuff, but um, they could still pull it off. So, so good for the stones. Um, but those have been, those have been fun to watch. And um um, you know, kind of what I mentioned last month that a lot, as we're getting into festival season, a lot of festivals have been doing broadcasts of archive shows. And, um, I think it was last weekend, Dell Fest, uh, did a whole schedule of shows over the weekend where they were supposed to be having their festival. And, and one of the sets that I caught was Leftover Salmon, who's a long, long time GME bluegrass band. And, um, I've gotten to see them a couple times. Most re- recently they played the Whitewater Center. And uh, they were just fantastic. And just one of those bands I don't listen a whole lot to. But then when you either go to see them or like that night when I watched their Del Fest sets, like, damn, those guys are really good. And it was a really fun set to watch. So I've been enjoying the festivals, um, putting sets out like that. Um, Mountain Jam, which is a festival I, I attended uh, quite a number of times up in uh, upstate New York in the Catskills. Uh, this weekend was supposed to be Mountain Jam. So they, they released a bunch of... Um, stuff last night it was a mix it was neat how they did it was a mix of um people alone in their studios or at their houses warren did a set grace potter did uh, michael franti did and then they showed some archive footage uh, as well from past mountain jam and and uh that was really fun because i 
just loved going to that festival and it would always rain a night, which would be a nightmare because then the festival grounds would get all muddy. It was up on this ski mountain up in the Catskills, Hunter mountain. And, uh, even though they got rain every year, they were never really quite prepared enough for it, but it was always a special weekend, always a great crew of people I went with. Always stayed in uh, the same condo, uh, ski chalet kind of deal. It would always be 10, 12 of us and, uh, just great group and a lot of great memories up there. So I, I really appreciated Mountain Jam putting stuff out there because Warren hasn't been very active during all this, which is um, quite surprising to me. But it was cool to see Mountain Jam um, release stuff out there. And then uh, another artist I've mentioned several times, Hayes Carl. Um, he's doing his Alone Together um, uh, live streams. And uh, it's excellent because he's married to Allison Moore, who's lovely singer amazing voice and she usually hops in for a tune or two and i caught it last week and it was really great because um hayes talks as much as he sings and he's a great storyteller and you know because you're getting these guys unscripted which i talked about last podcast which i love because you're learning a lot about these artists and they're kind of revealing a lot and and um hayes did uh sunday morning coming down uh which is done by the great johnny cash who i love and love johnny singing that song and i if I knew it, I forgot it or got reminded of it after he played it. And his wife came in and sang a little bit on it with him. And he got a little emotional while singing it. And he talked about afterwards that Chris Christopherson sang the song, which is the part I either forgot or didn't know. And, you know, Chris Christopherson's, you know, one of music's great songwriters. And he was a real big inspiration to Hayes Carl. And Hayes Carl told the story of um, he played this uh charity event he's played several times down in texas uh put on by uh, matthew mcconaughey and a few other people that's a big fundraiser there and, and he he's played it quite a bit in one year chris Gustafson was the um the honoree for that year and uh the way hayes described it that chris sat on stage all night you know while everyone played and you know enjoyed the sets and uh hayes uh with three other artists played the closing set of the night and uh, they played a um, Chris Christopherson song and, and Hayes introduced it. And he talked about, you know, what an inspiration um, Chris Christopherson was to him. And he said it was also intimidating playing it with Chris Christopherson sitting there. But he said after the set was over and, you know, everybody was saying, you know, good night and, you know, telling each other what a great show it was. Uh, Chris, Chris Christopherson uh, came up to him and said, son, if I had anything to do with what you did with what you just did up there on that stage, he goes, I'm incredibly proud. And, uh, when Hayes Carl told the story, you know, on his live stream, he got choked up talking about it, you know, cause it meant so much to him. And, you know, those kind of pieces that, that we're getting, you know, out of artists during this time are, are really, really great. And, uh, I was really glad I, I tuned into the, um, live stream that night. Um, another festival that really stuff was uh, Pickathon, and, uh, one of my favorite shovels and rope, uh, was on there last week and, and check that out. And it was this really cool stage that they were set up on. And I think it was an hour set they did. And Charles and rope is always fantastic. And they were supposed to play here last month or in April. And I missed that show, of course, cause it didn't happen. So, uh, it was cool to catch a shovels and rope, uh, set. And then, um, uh, dropkick Murphy's did another live stream, uh, very well promoted one on Friday night. They performed at an empty Fenway park, um, and they had uh, Bruce Springsteen sit in for two songs. I missed the Bruce part, um, caught about an hour of the dropkick part and, uh, it was fun. They were set up all around the, the, um, 
uh, infield at Fenway, and they they carved a, a the lawnmowers, the ground screw at Fenway, cut a, a shamrock into the infield grass, which was fun, and uh, uh, DKM in, into the grass as well for Dropkick Murphys. But uh, it was it was really fun to see, and, and they did a cool job with it. Uh, we had a very rainy week, so my um, hobbies and passions got mixed up. Um, I didn't get to get as many runs in as I wanted to uh, during the week because of rain and no gym to go to. So, uh, it got to the point of the night. I'm like, I got to go get on a run. It's not raining and, and the sun's out. So, um, I left after about an hour. So I missed the two songs that Bruce set in with, uh, I guess he did it, you know, very, um, you know, online w- while uh, dropkick was in, in Fenway. But, uh, some of my siblings were watching as well and we were texting back and forth. So that, that made for a fun, uh, Friday night. And then, uh, also Friday night at nine o'clock, uh, was Lyle Lovett and John Hyatt uh, did a live stream together and they were separate and did it uh, via Zoom. <clears throat> and I was fortunate enough to see them uh, years ago at Calvin Theater in uh, Northampton. I actually went to that show with my mom and, and we just both loved it so much. And it was them playing each other's songs and their own songs and, and trading stories back and forth. They've known each other for decades. And uh, it was more or less the same setup for the stream Friday night. Um, the only issue there was um, John Hyatt's microphone setup wasn't as good as uh, Lyle's. So kind of when he, John Hyatt would do one of his songs, I'd turn up the volume on the TV a bit. But, but that was no big deal. But um, that was a really fun stream and always good to see those two artists together. And then uh, the last one was this afternoon. Uh, I would say a friend of mine, but I guess I can't call her a friend because I didn't know she was a singer. But a woman I worked with at uh, MetLife, uh, Deshae, she um, put on her Facebook this week that she was going to be singing with a couple other women on uh, Sunday. They do it on Facebook Live. So um, I was just home watching the NASCAR race today. So I'm like, oh, you know, hop on that. And oh, my God, it was amazing. It was the four of them. It looked like they were in the backyard of a um, of one of their houses or a, a studio, it was called. But it was uh, four women, one on guitar, uh, one played, um, uh, another one played uh, keyboards and uh played a little bit of a drum setup and then it was two singers with uh Dashay being one of the singers and it was amazing oh my god the, and they'd only met all met each other a week ago and decided to do this and um uh Dashay and, and jillian who was the other singer they sang together beautifully they both had amazing voices and and uh i usually it's funny because i bump into her at shows and stuff and we have friends in common from our days at MetLife, so we'll run into each other at bigger events. But I can't wait to see her and quiz her all about her singing because she's got just got an amazing voice. And, and um, you know, especially this past week with all that's been going on in the world, social media hasn't been the best thing for me. I've spent too much time, you know, kind of getting down a little bit, seeing what's going on in the world. So um, it was good to get a great thing out, out of Facebook and uh and get to enjoy that this afternoon. So that was um, really, really fun. And then uh, tonight as well, uh, White's Red Panic, their weekly set is on Sundays. And um, they're doing a, a show, I believe, from 2000. They're going back quite a bit. And it's from uh, Oak Mountain, which is in Alabama, which is one of their big venues that they play in and really turn it up for. So um, I'll be psyched to see that. It's funny. It's funny with some of the weekly streams, like I mentioned last month, that all the jam bands are doing them. And, you know, when it first started, I was hopping on every one every week. And, uh, and now I just kind of pop in and out of them. The dead one, I usually watch all the way through. Friday night, I didn't because it, it collided with um, 
Lyle Lovett and John Hyatt. So I, I kind of um, caught a little bit of the dead, went to Lyle Lovett and Hyatt, then went back to the dead. Um, but the fish ones I've been watching more or less all the way through. Um, Tedeschi trucks I kind of hop in and out of. Umphreys I hop in and out of. And, and same with Panic. Um, but uh, I'm definitely going to tune into the Panic one tonight because it'll be with Mikey Hauser on guitar who passed away. So uh, that'll be a cool one to watch. And then we do have, I don't have any shows in my calendar coming up, but we do have news to talk about uh, in and around Charlotte with live music. There's uh, progress being made. So as I said at the start of the show, I'm still social distancing and I'm not going out and about yet. You know, hanging out at the bar with friends or or anything like that yet. Uh, I'm still being a little careful. But some of the local artists um, that do covers and do originals and stuff, they've been... um, promoting online that they're doing shows uh, down in South Carolina, you know, cause uh, just over the border in South Carolina, they're, they're pretty much open, open. Um, you know, 50, I don't know if they're still doing 50% or not, but they're open. And so, you know, so bars can have uh, bands and singers in there. And then in Charlotte, um, you know, kind of the solo acoustic performers, they're able now to um, get out and play. And, and they, some of them have been doing live streams you know, promoting, you know, where they are and stuff. So that's been cool to see that um, they're getting back out there. So there is some live music to see locally a little bit, um, starting to eke out a little bit. But then the big one was, uh, I shared this on my Facebook the other day, but um, they're going to try a new, one of the new setups for uh, concerts is to do drive-in concerts. And they're, um, going to do that here in charlotte there's a venue i've never checked out a show there it's called the music yard and it's a space on south boulevard between southbound restaurant which serves mexican food and um max speed shop which is a great um barbecue place in town and i think usually the music yard is really the patio for southbound i went to a a charity event there once but it's you know kind of grush gravel area and they got some picnic tables and tables other high top tables and stuff out there and outdoor bar you can access but uh what they're gonna do is they're gonna transform it a little bit and put some kind of flooring down so you can drive on it and they've figured out that they and they checked it all out with the fire department and the police department in charlotte and i guess gotten proper permitting and stuff according to this article but they can fit 30 to 34 cars in there and what they're going to do is on Friday nights, each week will be a concert there. And um, they will do, sorry, I got distracted. The NASCAR race is over. It looks like um, Brad Keselowski uh, won this week, which has nothing to do with live music in Charlotte. But there you go. Um, so it looks like Joey Logano has got a bit of a problem with Chase Elliott. So more NASCAR stuff you didn't need to know. So what they're going to do uh, at the music yard between Southbound and Max is to do 30 to 34 cars. You have to stay in your car unless you use the bathroom. They're going to have waitress service to the cars. The driver can't get beverage, uh, alcohol beverages. Other people can. They're going to encourage you to stay for the show. It's going to start at 8 and at 11. They want you to get there by 730. Um, and it's, it looks like from they got some acts lined up, and it's going to be mostly local stuff of good nature, who I love. They're going to be there. Sun-Dried Vibes, who does... Uh, reggae, they're going to be there. Uh, they didn't specify out the dates that they're doing yet or uh, how much admission's going to be, but um, they're going to go for it and try to do the drive-in thing. And I guess they're going to have speakers set up because it sounds like there's going to be cars on each set of the stage. 
So I don't know. I think I mentioned this last month's podcast. I don't know how I feel about sitting in my car for a show. I love the drive-in theater for movies. Up on Cape Cod, there's a, a great one that I used to hit. You know, when I go out there for long weeks, weekends, I always hit the drive-in for a movie because it is such a kind of nostalgic thing. But um, we'll see if I, if I try it. But I love the creativity and I love that they're trying to make it work and, and provide a venue for artists and for music lovers, you know, to um, get together again. So we'll see how that how that goes. The one thing that's kind of neat is if you have a truck with a bed, you can sit outside in the truck. You know, you're still within the confines of the vehicle, but you can be outside that way. So um, I might have to f- find a friend with a, a, a flatbed or a pick, uh, pickup that wants to go check out some music so I don't have to be sitting in the front seat or back seat of my own car or someone else's car. But uh, so that's encouraging. So live music starting to eke out a little bit. You know, I'm psyched for the performers that they can get back out there and perform again and and um, make some money. Kind of this um, stage we're at with Charlotte is there's phase two. So restaurants can be open for 50% capacity, which not all restaurants are up and doing. A lot of the restaurants are still sticking to takeout, but bars are still closed. And, um, you, you know, if you're just a traditional music venue like Neighborhood and uh, Visual Light, you know, they're all closed. And actually, I meant to mention that. I didn't put it in my notes, so I almost missed it. But um, kind of another update with, um, with the state of the world during COVID is um, Neighborhood and Visual Light both started GoFundMe pages. And uh, we're pretty passionate and um, uh, explicit about how much danger their business is in and uh, how much money they need to raise. Um, so hopefully we don't lose either of those venues because if you, you're a regular listener to the show, those are those are two of the big venues I go to a lot and uh, check out shows. So hopefully they can uh, both make it through this. They're saying phase two is going to go through June. So... Um, We'll see if they get to open up after that. But then once again, it's back to the whole thing. How do they open? How they operate as a business, you know, with the way things are now, um, you know, we'll just have to have to see as things progress, but I'm definitely staying on top of things and following all the news and, and seeing how things are going. Cause um, you know, eventually I'll, I'll be comfortable enough to, to feel to go to um, go to a show and, and um, you know, get that going again. So um that's it for this month. Uh, thanks for tuning in and listening. Um, hopefully, uh, maybe next month I'll get to talk about a show I actually saw in person, but, uh, we'll see how that goes. And, uh, the closing song for this month is going to be, uh, I'm amazed, which is one of my favorite songs by more, my morning jacket and kind of celebrating them, um, releasing some stuff online for all of us during uh, COVID. So that's it. Uh, take care, take care of yourself, take care of each other and, um, just be good. Take care, everybody.